Shout out to Clarity for supporting this episode and providing us with the samples. I've been battling allergies for years now. Let me tell you, they've been a real ordeal in my life. Luckily for those of us who live with the symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin clear with Claritin D. This double action combination of prescription strength allergy medicine and the best decongestant available release sneezing, a runny nose, itchy and watery eyes, an itchy nose and throat, and sinus congestion and pressure with ease. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to ClaritinD.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin clear. Use as directed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up, gang? Welcome to The Greatness Machine. I'm your host, Darius Mershazdeh. I'm so pumped to have you here with me. Now, listen, The Greatness Machine, we're about two things. Number one, people who are living their passions. And number two, those who are creating greatness in the world and doing both of these things despite the odds against them. Each episode, we're going to feature interviews with game changers, business leaders, you know, telling us their origin stories, what made them tick, what got them to where they are now. Why? So it can help you step into your greatness within your life, your business, and your career. Occasionally, you might hear a few solo episodes from myself, moi, as I say, as I leverage my 20 years of entrepreneurship as a CEO and founder to help you grow and level up in your journey to scale your life and your business. So come be a fly on the wall, enjoy the conversation, and I'm stoked to have you here with me. What's up, everybody? Welcome to today's episode of The Greatness Machine. I'm so pumped for you to listen to this episode. This is my, me and my friend, Shayla Gifford. I mean, Shayla is like one of the most incredible human beings that I've ever gotten the pleasure of getting to know. A uh, good friend, someone I actually worked with and did some work with as a, her advisor and coach. Um, but man, she's just like literally such a rock star when it comes to building amazing businesses. She's one of the top uh, leaders at Guild Mortgage. And don't get shied shy away by the mortgage. I mean, she literally is such an incredible human. Um, just we talk about mindset and what you need to do to, to get ahead and her story and how she became literally like one of the, uh, like always listening to the top one percenters is how you change. And she's a top one percenter, like hands down. So man, just her, the way she approaches life, I couldn't help but ask her to be on the show. Hope you enjoy. Stay tuned. Guys, welcome to today's episode of The Greatest Machine. I'm your host, Darius Mershaz. And boy, do we have an amazing guest. My homegirl, Shayla Gifford, is in the house. What's up, what Shayla? What up, Darius? Happy to be here. I'm so pumped to have you here. My gosh, it's so many months in the making. I think I like bugged you, and then we had to reschedule. But here we are, here making magic happen. Welcome. I'm so pumped. Do you mind if I do a little bit of housekeeping, and then we'll get do going? It. Let's do it. So for audience members, I know we got a bunch of you new people out there that are new to the show. Greatness Machine, we're about two things. People are living their passions and those creating greatness and doing so despite the odds. And my friend Shayla is neither short of passion nor greatness. So um, I always like to give a little bit of my background on how I know the guests, when I know the guests. And so Shayla was introduced to me. It's funny enough, I actually heard about Shayla because I've, we have a bunch of mutual friends. And so I, Isaac Stegman was telling me about his amazing client, Shayla, and She's got this amazing business, and but and like like begrudgingly, I admit that we both come from the mortgage space. So you know, we are the the more like we're probably the most interesting people to ever come out of mortgage, outside of Chris Vinson and a few other people. Um, and so, um, you know, so Isaac's telling me about his amazing client and how she moved her family all the way to Spain and she's living her best life. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. And then Chris is telling me about his friend named Shayla, my friend Chris Vinson, who was a former guest on the show. And how she's killing it and this, that, and the other. So I've been hearing all about Shayla. And then finally, Chris introduced me to Shayla and she became my client. And then I got to hang out with Shayla, which is like a total, like, listen, you can hear how awesome Darius and Shayla are, but actually if you hang out with us, good luck. Like that's like next level. Um, and so I got to hang out with her and coach her and work with her and her team. And I was like, so I guess smitten is not the right word but like in a professional sense smitten i was like man i love shayla she's so fun living it's so cool to watch you live your best life you just like really are an inspirational person and so 
although I do a, a rule that I don't like to ask mortgage folks to come on the show, I'm like, she's not even, she's like mortgage, like I'm mortgage. <laughs> I'm like, she's coming on the show because she's such an inspirational human being. So with that said, welcome to the show. Thank you, Darius. And you are the coolest guy in mortgage. And I'm so happy I found you, even though you were post mortgage and you made a major impact in my life uh, being a coach for over a year in our business. So I'm honored to be here. <clears throat> Uh, I'm honored to have you here. Um, so I'm going to do a little bit of your, um, my abbreviated version of your formal bio. And then I'd love to like, kind of talk a little bit about your background. I mean, you really have a kind of a unique, I, I want to say like grinder, badass, like make shit happen background, much like myself. And um, I'd love to kind of dig into that. So if you don't mind, um, Chayla guys is a entrepreneur, real estate professional. Uh, she, she has built an amazing business, um, actually kind of all over the United States but uh, through a company by the name of Guild Mortgage. Uh, she's an adventure traveler, mother of two girls. Uh, her husband, who I have a man crush on, um, a, like Lily Bromance when I met him, Galen, and her um, just a rocking it in Tahoe, amongst other badass places. And I'm going to say badass probably 100 times on this show because she's such a badass. <laughs> she's a royal badass. Uh, that's an official title that has been bestowed upon her. And uh, we were so grateful to have her here on The Greatness Machine. So... With that said, uh, you know, I'd love if you don't mind, like kind of take us back, give us your origin story. I mean, you've done a lot of cool stuff and I, and I, I didn't go into technically what you do, um, but I'd love for you to kind of talk about your background, how you got into real estate and what you've done with that. Cause you really are an inspirational person, especially in your business. Like you're, you're really mentor a lot of folks and, and outside of that, though, you're really an inspirational person. So I'd love for you to kind of give some of your background, how you got to where you're at, and then we'll go from there. Does that yeah, work? Absolutely. Um, you know, ultimately I'm doing what I'm doing right now, Darius, because somebody told me I couldn't do it. Somebody said, no, I will not hire you. You have no experience. And it was in that moment that I was like, oh yeah, I'm doing this. And I'm going to make sure it was your worst mistake or convince you to hire me. Um, but you know, taking that a little bit further back, I grew up and was never really a people person. Um, I've been very focused, very intense. Um, very futuristic and goal oriented. And, you know, college was a weird place for me. High school was a weird place. I never really felt like I fit in because I was always so focused on the future and what's next. And in many ways, I wish I could smell the roses and live in the present and, you know, have enjoyed that phase of life where I go to cake parties and don't worry about anything, but, but just the moment, but I've never have, I've, I've really, been that kind of focused person that wants to do great things, live an extraordinary life, change the world, make an impact. Um, and I go to college. I, I, you know, I'm prescribing to the culture that says, if you get good grades and you go to a good school, then you'll get a good job. You'll meet a good guy. You'll get married. You'll have kids. You'll be happy. Life is good. Well, I'm, I'm prescribed to that. And I get my straight A's, not because I'm the smartest kid, but because I've bust my ass and will do whatever it takes to be competitive and be number one. I get into a, um, a bunch of different universities, choose the U of A because I still wanted to be around, you know, high energy athletics, the college experience, but was quickly demystified by college. Just felt like, gosh, there's a bunch of people just screwing around. Like where's the people that are wanting to change the world? Where's that think tank environment? And, um, I dropped out. I answered an ad in the college newspaper that said, um, you know, do you want to be independent and make money? And it said 1099 with a dollar sign. So I thought it was like $1,099 per month or something. And it was a misprint. It was a, a network marketing opportunity. So to be a 1099 employee or an independent contractor, I didn't even know what that meant at the time, but my parents had a drywall business. And so I grew up with self-employed parents who grinded, went to work early, came home. We did dinner. My dad rolled out plans again at night. Um, my parents got divorced when I was 10 or 11. My stepfather was also in construction. So I knew um, intimately the benefits of being self-employed and that you can go out and create a great life and have bigger opportunities. We lived in a custom built 5,000 square foot house growing up, but then every other year was like, Oh, maybe we need to put the house on the market, you know, and I'm going, do we have money? Do we not have money? Are we broke? Like, can we do stuff or not? And I, I really felt um, a lack of stability there 
And so my drive and motivation to be successful and to make money was really about security and stability that I just never wanted to question whether I could go shop at Whole Foods or Trader Joe's and get high quality food. Or if I wanted to go to somebody's wedding or bachelorette party, could I afford it? I just never wanted that to be a part of my conversation. And I never wanted my kids to worry like, oh my gosh, are we going to have to sell our house and move and all those things? So anyway, I, I jumped right into network marketing, two feet, dropped out of college, um, moved to the Midwest, lived in Chicago and Ohio and Indiana. And at that time, you know, network marketing was about selling somebody a two or $4,000 package of products getting their business started out of their backyard or basement or garage or whatever. And that's how you made money on, on front loading people and getting them started. Well, here I am 19 years old and I'm having to learn how to do speaking, you know, public speaking and pitching presentations. And I'm having to be a leader. I'm having to get, come into my business. I'll teach you. I'll train you. I'll mentor you. And I remember being um, 19 in Chicago and I had somebody who was 42, my age now who said, Oh, you're my mentor. And I remember thinking, this is really weird, um, but I'm doing it. So I played the role, Darius. I bought a convertible Mercedes. I, wear, I wore a suit every day. I told these stories of success. And I was, quote unquote, successful until that company was shut down by the FTC. And then I... Wait, can I ask, can I ask a quick yeah. question? What, what, what was the product that you were selling? Oh, we were selling like all kinds of natural things. So it was like herbal supplements, natural hair care, skin care, cleaning products, water filters. Um, yeah, that, you know. And you, and you were, you were how old when you got into this? 20 or 21? I, I mean, I started in my, Oh. yeah, that's how I started was in my dorm room. They also had a weight loss product. So I used to get samples and I make all the labels in my dorm room. And then I would go to the gym on the college campus and. I don't really know people skills at this point. I, you know, I like calculus, stats, physics, athletics, I'm competitive and I've never really learned how to deal with people. Um, I ran for student body president and lost and then thought, Oh, well, I'll just be senior class president and lost. <laughs> so this is a high school. That's in, that's high, in school. high school. So I, um, I, you know, I was not somebody that people were going to follow and want to be friends with. And yet I get into commission only sales, which is all about, you know, likability and trust and building rapport. And I have no stinking clue how to do it. The one thing I am is courageous and competitive. So I would just approach people in the locker room and be like, hey, I, you know, I tried these weight loss pills and they give me lots of energy. They're good for studying. And I lost some weight. Do you want to try it? Um no yeah. way. <laughs> it felt like my heart beating out of my chest. It was like, you know, the scariest thing, but I also got a rush out of it. And so then when I moved to Chicago and take this on full time, I'm going out at night and I'm putting flyers at, on people's cars at the apartment complex saying, do you want to earn an extra $500 a month? You know, I'm running ads in the, in the Chicago Tribune about, you know, making part-time income and, you know, whatever. We're just trying to recruit people into the, into the deal. And then learning how to do public speaking and, and get pitch, doing these pitches, these presentations seven days a week. So that was my fundamental education into business, into adulthood, into managing money, into um, shaping my identity and authenticity and who I am and who I want to be. And what I'll tell you I learned is that I never want to be fake. I never want to feel like I have to behave a certain way or act a certain way or be polished in the way that people want. That really was a misalignment for me. I, I like to just say it how it is. And I think I've been that way my whole life. Well, that industry was very much like paint the picture, act as if. And at one point I'm living in a one bedroom apartment with five people. We all had our little tiny air mattresses. So one bedroom, one person would lay on this wall with their air mattress. One person's on that wall with their mattress, you know? And, um, and, but yet I'm driving a Mercedes, right? So I get introduced to a gal who was really successful in the mortgage industry. And she pulled up to the meeting in jeans, a leather jacket, and a minivan. And my buddy who introduced me to, to Rocky had said, you know, she's never made less than 500 grand a year. She's a badass. She reminds me of you. You got to meet her. And I'm thinking, oh my gosh, like what, what's this woman going to be like? Well, when she showed up with jeans, a leather jacket, and a minivan, I was like, I'm in this. This is 
real, it's authentic. It's something that I can, that makes a difference in people's lives. This is what I'm going to do. Um, so then of course I decided, well, I got to move home. I want to get back to Reno Tahoe area. And a guy says, Nope, I won't hire you. You have no experience, you know, selling vitamins doesn't translate. And that's, that's what pissed me off and got, got me involved in the, in the industry. Yep. What year was that? 2004. I was 23 years old. Um, uh, when I got in the mortgage business. Wow. So, so it's Oh four, which was actually a really good time to get in. The market was like cr crushing, um, like Oh four Oh five Oh six, especially if you're in Reno, that was like hot market. Um, funny enough, I got, you, you don't know this about me. My first mortgage job I took in 2000 was my second. Cause I was a mortgage telemarketer in high school, but, um, and I actually was class president. I know. Cool. I'm with you. Already determined that you're cool and I'm not. <laughs> no, 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 no. I, so I was going to ask you, so I, before I get into mortgage, um, and and we're going to have fun talking about mortgage because we have this in common. But um, what? Um, so what were like when I was in high school? I was like kind of like student leader jock, and and my brother was like the partier fighter, like kind of grungy acid dropping dude. Um, and so I kind of, but I've, I've always been a person that kind of floated amongst groups. So, and, and, and we're, I'm a little older than you, but like when, when we were in high school, like there was hippies and then there was the grunge people and then there's like the goth kids and then there was like the jocks. I don't know if where it was where, but so what would you characterize yourself as then? Um, I was definitely an athlete. I was a gymnast, uh, until my sophomore year. And then I played year round volleyball and the girls that I ran with have all become massively successful. We, we all competed against each other. We all get straight A's. We're all into our sports. Um, one of my friends, a, a dentist, um, one's an executive uh, in, in the casino world. The others are physician's assistants. They're all badasses. So definitely, um, I guess I would say definitely the athlete, but, but you know, it was, it was Shayla, like, if you don't serve, my trajectory of where I'm going and I'm so narrowly focused, then, you know, we don't need to hang out. <laughs> I wasn't into small talk. <laughs> so today I'd love people like I genuinely figured out that we're all the same. We're all one. We all struggle. Yeah. We all are insecure. We're all just ultimately wanting to feel valued and, and wanting to be loved and love. And when I, when I decoded that and going, Oh, Okay, well, then I'm not that different, you know, and I started um, judging less and loving more and started, you know, especially when you have to recruit people, and you're trying to get people to follow you, you start going, well, I need to find all your great qualities. Like, yeah, I can, yeah. I can see you're insecure. I can see you have a lack of confidence here. I can see that, you know, whatever the case is. Um, but let's talk about what you're actually good at. What, what is your natural ability um, where's your drive? What's your motivation? Who are you? And I got really good and immediately just l looking for that and zoning in on it and being able to point it out for people. And obviously that made me likable, but it helped me like, um, tap into my natural leadership abilities, tap into that ability for me to say, you know what, if I can learn how to do these hard things, if I can transform myself, if I can, you know, overcome and, and pick up these skills, then you can too. And that's really been the theme of my life since, um, since 19 is leading others and teaching others. And, and it comes from the fundamental belief that if I can do this, then you can do it. And I genuinely believe that I don't look at myself as somebody special other than the fact that I'm extremely driven and I've come to learn that just it's an attainable goal to learn any skill, but just some people don't have the grit. Some people just don't yeah. have the drive. And as much as you and I, Darius, can just love on people and pull people and rally people, like if you don't have that fire in your belly, that chip on your shoulder, like I can't give it to you. You know, I can poke you, but that's that has got to come from within. Shout out to Clarity for supporting this episode and providing us with the samples. Hey there, friends. It's Darius from Shazda here, and I have a little confession to make. You see, I've been battling allergies for years now. And let me tell you. They've been a real ordeal in my life. Allergies have been my constant companion. They stop me from fully enjoying the little things in life. From canceling plans with friends because of sudden allergy attack to missing out on an outdoor activity because of the sneezing fits. 
allergies have been a real nuisance. Luckily, for those of us who live with symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin Clear with Claritin D. This double action combination of prescription strength allergy medicine and the best decongestant available relieves sneezing and a runny nose, itchy, watery eyes, an itchy nose and throat, and sinus congestion and pressure with ease. I've been a Claritin D user for many, many years now, and let me tell you, it's made a world of difference. Since I started using Claritin D, my symptoms have improved dramatically. Now I can breathe easier, enjoy outdoor activities without worrying about sneezing fits, and truly live my life without being held back by allergies. Ready to live as if you don't have allergies, it's time to live Claritin Clear. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter now. You don't even need a prescription. Go to ClaritinD.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin Clear uses directed. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. In the world of successful partnerships, names like Procter & Gamble, Ben & Jerry, and Supply & Demand echo through business history. But when it comes to growing your business, who are the perfect partners? That's you and Shopify. (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. We're talking from launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the, did we hit a million dollar order stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling shipping supplies or promoting productivity programs, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout up to 36% better compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Picture this, a time when my business was facing a tough hurdle and I wasn't sure how to break through. But then came the breakthrough moment, a game changer that took my business to the next level. You know, what I absolutely adore about Shopify is its unparalleled ability to adapt and grow with your ambitions. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklyn, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 75 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash Darius, all lowercase. That's D-A-R-I-U-S. Go to shopify.com slash Darius now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash Darius. Yeah, and the po- the poking is temporary too, right? Like motivation is fleeting to your point. And I think that you got to find it within. That's why I love these. I, like I've been on a kick with like the Dave Goggins stuff and like the Angela Duckworth grit stuff because I'm like, <laughs> Man, how do you push yourself? How do you keep pushing yourself? Um, I want to go there, but before we go there, I wanted to kind of talk a little bit about like that first moment when you were told, like, I'm not hiring you. I I know like what where where I I sidetracked myself, but my first mortgage company that I worked at when I was 22 in 2000 was a company subprime lender in Irvine across from John Wayne airport. And I got fired from it. And, and so I don't think I've had this conversation. I don't think you knew, did you know that I got fired from my first mortgage Mm -hmm. job? Yeah, I got fired. So they didn't have a junior program. My brother, who's a badass and had been in mortgage since he was 17. And while I was in college, he was working at a mortgage company as my twin brother. He got a job at the subprime lender in Irvine. And, and, and so he got me a job commission only they have leads make the phones ring and the the manager was a i mean was a fucking train wreck of a human like this guy like had like i think drug problem misogynist racist like you name it like he was literally like super can't like he would have got canceled he was like hashtag me too times like the third power in every single way you i mean i swear to god i can't repeat some of the shit he said right now because i think i would get canceled um and he uh, it, it, unbelievable every scene it was like if you were to characterize the like like what was wrong in business in one human it was this guy and so he's but his nickname for me and my brother were like the two ragheads he called us ragheads because we were middle eastern like literally this is like my nickname at work find my boss like right like like how how, how would call let's think about de and i now right <laughs> that's the world we came from and, and by the way that was like probably the least offensive shit he said. Um, so he fired me. He said, call me college boy. He said, he's like, you don't know shit, college boy. You're fired. Cause I, cause, and they didn't have a training program. So I got fired from my first mortgage job. And then I, I found my way back in about two years later, but um, in 2002, but um, t- 
tell me about that. Like you got told no, you met Rocky. She's a badass. You like kind of resonated with her vibe. What, how did you overcome that? What'd you do? I just called someone else. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Easy. Yeah. I, um, it's, it's funny cause I'm evaluating a lot about failure right now. Um, you know, being in the mortgage industry are, as, as you know, and for everybody who's not in our industry that that's listening, you know, we're traditionally about a $2 trillion industry. Well, in 20 and 21, we ballooned up to about a four, four and a half trillion dollar industry. So we all had to scramble. And, and like many industries, you know, I talked to a guy the other weekend who's in the cannabis industry in Colorado and has been for 20 years. And he said, look, we had this temporary demand that was not sustainable, that wasn't real, but we all had to adjust our businesses to deal with it. So we all had to take down more space and hire more people and, and increase our overhead and expenses to deal with it. And then we didn't just come right back down to center. And I remember you saying to me, the bigger the party, the bigger the hangover. We went way past yeah. center. So now we're hanging out at like, I don't know what will be a one and a half trillion, $1.8 trillion industry, but we've been built to do 4 trillion. And so it's been a really difficult time managing in the mortgage industry, being a leader, especially um, I've been through six rounds of layoffs of people that I love and adore. You know, somebody said to me early on, do you want to build a fortune 500 company or do you want to build a fortune 500 family? And for me, that is just no question that I'm about family. I'm about having each other's backs, no drama, no blaming, no BS, no toxicity, no gossip. Like let's just come in and crush and, and take ownership. If you make a mistake, just own it. it. Keep your humility. If there's stuff on the floor, pick it up. If phone's ringing, answer it. Nobody's allowed to say, that's not my job. Like there's no hierarchy. Everyone just get in and get it done. And so letting these people go and managing you know, a continual slow decline over the last 16 months has been super, super challenging. Um, and I've been thinking about failure a lot, right? And and um, I know for me, failure is my ultimate fear. It's like, I will do anything to avoid failing, but ultimate failure only comes when you stop and when you quit not right. in the game. That to me is how I define failure. Some people define failure like on the on the journey of parenting, like we failed because our kids at this moment in time are doing X, Y, Z or can't do X, Y, Z yet or whatever. And to me, I'm like, no, that that's just a moment that's that this is just like a bad day. This is you, this is a rejection of a phone call, but it doesn't mean it's a failure. In fact, it's it's one no closer to the yes. It's failure is a stepping stone to success. So anyway, yeah, when that guy said that, it pissed me off. It put more fire in my belly. Um, but I just got back to creativity and said, okay, who else can I call? Who else do I know? And it turned out that I remembered somebody I went to elementary school with had run an ad in the Southwest magazines back when they used to have magazines and all the, you know, the airlines. And I was like, I think that guy's in the mortgage industry. So I don't know. I hustled around to find the dude's phone number. This is before social media and Google and everything else. And I called him and said, hey, I want to learn the mortgage industry. I want to learn how, I want to know what to do and how I learn it and how I get involved in the industry. And he's like, oh, well, we'll hire you. I'm like, all right, here we go. So that, that was it. And so um, obviously you've had a, a, a big run in the business. You, know, you ended up taking that. You've grown one of the biggest businesses in, in, in a publicly traded company, a guild. Um, what do you think, like when you start looking at like how you've built that, like right now you've been a guild for how long? Yeah. A decade, right? A little bit over a decade. Yeah. So, so those first few years in the business, my sense is like, I mean, walk us through that a little bit. How did you end up a guild? And then, and, you know, and then, you know, quickly walk us through that and then kind of tell us how did you build, how did you end up building this amazing business and become really, I mean, you're kind of a celebrity at, in, within that business and, and in the industry, you know, how did you transform that? Cause yeah. look, I know a lot of people in the business I've been in this business and, and, and for listeners who aren't in the business, think of your industry as like just a bunch of like normal people who, you know, show up and, you know, are successful to various degrees of success. And then there's that one person that like everyone wants to be that's Shayla. 
in, in her world. And she's not going to say that, but I'm going to say that, um, you know, she's like, if, if you're a, if you're selling, if you're a local person who is building a, a, a book of business and helping real estate agents and helping homeowners, like you're a rock star in that community. Now you weren't obviously in 04 or probably when you started in 12, but yeah, kind of talk, t- tell us a little bit about that journey. How did you go from like this person that was just really motivated to really what I would consider an influencer in your, in your business? And how are you leveraging that now to, you know, really take your business and keep your business at the level it's at? Thank you for that question. You know, I'm, I'm working on recruiting again and being really actively focused on growing. Um, I've built my really much more through the law of attraction and, um, and being intentional, but not in the way I am right now about growth. So I just, I just hosted a masterclass yesterday and I think it's already on YouTube. And it's so a lot of the stuff you're asking me is stuff I've had to work through because I'm really trying to help people through this difficult time that are questioning, that are drifting, that are going, gosh, am I even in the right industry? Am I in the right company? Do I even have the right skill sets? Was all of my success in the past just a mistake? And I think a lot of people in the world, you know, whether you're in the cannabis industry or you're in the insurance industry or you're in the you know restaurant industry or whatever, we go through these cycles because it's economic cycles where sometimes we're just good because the market was good. We were at the right place time and hustling and the wave of the market improving had a lot to do with our success. And sometimes we're really good, but no matter how good we are, there's just no market. It's just dead. And it's not the time where you should be questioning yourself. It's the time where you should be doubling down and focusing on the foundation you're building. And I happen to think that's one of these times. So I've been looking back at a lot of this, but I think the way I've done it is the slow way, Darius. Um, but for me, it's the right way. Everything that I learn, I learn so that I can teach others. And I've been doing that for a long time. So even like watching teachers teach calculus or something, if I kind of get it confused, I know that people around me are also getting it confused. And I'm thinking, if, if your goal is to teach someone, how do you get, how do you make this so that people can digest it and get it? And I think that's probably what's helped me be successful because I try to learn at such a deep level that I could turn around and teach somebody else, whether it's a client or the next employee or something like that. Um, Galen laughs at me because I'll listen to a podcast. I'll listen, read, you know, read your book and you know, you came and taught me core values and then I turn around and boom, went and did it. And I'll keep doing it because I want to learn at that level. So the first five years of my career, I just became really competent as a technician. I'm 100% worked in my business. I mean, it's a 24 seven phone on my ear all the time, thinking and dreaming about the business, totally out of balance, but I believe became the best or ever was that I knew because I knew all my guidelines. I knew how to anticipate every problem. I learned how to communicate through the issues. I learned how to organize my day. But there came a plateau where there's only so much I can do as one person and then you tap out, right? So um, fortunately at that time, I got a coach and I think we all need coaches. Darius, that's why I hired, hired you and paid you a ton of money to coach me because we hit these plateaus where it's, a, it's all that we know. We need somebody from the outside to you know, call us forward to that next level of ourselves. Um, so the next skill set for me to really learn was how to trust other people, how to not be a total control freak, how to, you know, value a team and create longevity and loyalty with people and get, you know, train them and, and go, who, who do I hire? What do they do? Where do I put them in place? How do I explain the function of my team to the market? How do I get people used to working with me that are used to one way? Now it's a new way. Um, and so that the next three years is what I really focused on was building my team, hiring my first assistant, my second assistant, you know, marketing and branding the team. And, um, we had a nice ride. I mean, we, we went from doing 94 loans a year. The next year was 214. The next year was over 500 loans. So I went from about 30 million to a hundred million dollars in volume, um, quickly. And that was largely because I was just coachable. I literally said, tell me what to do and I will do it. I've, I've plateaued. There's no more that I can figure out with my own creativity. And there was a lot of stuff that made me feel really uncomfortable. 
but I just did it anyway because the pain of staying the same was greater than the pain of doing the work to do something different. And that was in every area, the way I showed up for people, the way I trusted people, um, the way I became bold and asked for business. Um, and then the next evolution from there was like, okay, now I figured out how to go from a total workaholic, zero balance, great loan officer, but not super well paid to building a team where I have a lot more life balance. I could take a two week vacation and not bring my phone and, you know, double, triple, quadruple my income. I've got to teach other people how to do this. Like it would be really not cool of me to have unlocked the code and then not helped other people do it. So that's where I started going, hey, it's just a formula. It's just a roadmap. It's a playbook. If you work the playbook, the playbook works. And so as I was being coached, I started coaching others and they started following and doing what I was doing. And I could see over and over and over again, people having similar success of growth. Of course, if they're driven and competent and doing the work. Um, and so that's, that's what's happened the last 10 years. So now I, I have about not that big of a squad. I have about 25 to 30 loan officers, but we're really efficient. Um, generally, we do about a billion dollars worth of business. This year, we'll be off. We'll probably do about five to 600. Um, and now I'm working on, you know, I've built some coaching programs, as you know. I, I built a coaching program inside of um, Guild for loan officers. I built a manager program. So now I'm coaching branch managers. I now just launched a Facebook group where I'm starting to just coach more at the industry at large. Um, and now I'm, now I'm really contemplating Darius, how do I build a network? How do I help somebody that's in Georgia or Florida or Connecticut or Texas or Minnesota work with me, but plug into those local markets and local management and operations teams, um, but then still have my guidance, still have my energy, still have my influence in their life. So that's the next challenge I'm taking on. Um, so, um, yeah, I want to pivot a little bit. So, um, Going back to the coaching thing, like because I think a lot of times people a, are afraid to hire a coach or spend the money on a coach or do coaching. I think you and I, you you probably more than me, um, are like a, you love getting coached and you have got you know I I love coaching you. You're a fun person to coach. I thought you're a, you're you're no nonsense and you get after it and um and you execute. What do you think? I mean, what do you think is the key to being coachable? And what do you, how do you, how have you leveraged? I mean, I think you could just mention briefly how you've leveraged that either as a coach and, or as a person being coached. Oh, okay. If you're going to pay the money to be coached, then you better just be coachable. And I think that's the first step is paying money. You know, um, <laughs> I, I think that's the problem is a lot of people go, I want to be coached, but I want it for free. Well, until you pay a personal trainer and they're there and they're charging whether you show up or not, Generally, you don't take it seriously. Um, so and sometimes you got to pay even more to get yourself more serious. So that's step one. And then step two is you got to make sure you hire a coach that you trust and respect. You know, for the longest time, I only wanted to hire a coach that's doing more volume than me. That's basically doing what I do, but is, you know, the bigger pile theory that has a bigger pile that has been where I've been that's doing what I've done. Then after a while, I started hiring coaches like you, Darius that weren't originators, but you built a massive mortgage company and scaled 3000 employees. You had a skill set that's different completely than mine, which is blocking and tackling on the sales field and, and running a local operation. Um, and then Isaac was a coach of mine who, who was never a loan originator. And I remember somebody going, you're really going to listen to him. You know, he's not, he doesn't do what we do. And I said, yeah, if, if a good coach makes me think, ask me questions, and then holds me accountable, that's what I need in a good coach. Um, but the decision is always from the student. You know, when the student is ready, the teacher appears. So our best calls, Darius, were when I came ready, when I showed up and was like, I need this out of this call, I need this out of this call, this is a struggle I'm having, and you were like, boom, da 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 da. But if I just showed up, you know, running off another appointment, be like, I'm here, coach me, they were good calls, but it was, it's always about how you show up in life. You get what you give. And that's so true for coaching. I love that. Yeah. You're actually making me think, cause I was always a person, especially being a, I'm like hardcore achiever and, and this, you'll appreciate this just being a, a coach that 
charges a shit ton. Um, I'm like, Hey, I have to bring value, right? Like I'm, I'm, I'm competitive or I'm like, I have to bring value. So when people come, I'm like, I love when people come with super fucking gnarly hard problems. I'm like, Oh, that this, this is the, the juice as opposed to like, everything's all right. And then you're kind of fishing for it, trying to figure out how you can add value, how you can help them. So great point. Um, I want to pivot though. Um, and I want to kind of, cause I, and I mentioned earlier in the show, like I really view you as like an adventurer, someone that takes a bite out of life and is really going for it. Um, let's talk about, about that. I'd love to talk a little bit about like that part of your spirit and like, like what, how you like go for that. Cause I think that that is something a lot of people are afraid to do. I'm going to make a note here. Like when I met you, you moved, you, you were work, like, you were like working at midnight in Spain and we were having coaching call or 10 o'clock at night at Spain. And we were working like I'm in Texas. So you're living in Spain during COVID. I think you mentioned that you and your husband tried out for the amazing race. You know, uh, you just did a trip around the world in like seven days, two months ago. Like, like let's talk a little about this adventurous spirit and like where that comes from and how you're leveraging that and some of the things that you've done and some of the things that you'd love to do. Yeah, it's super fun that you brought up several of those moments. I don't know. Um, I, I'm not into astrology, but somebody once was telling me about Aquarius that Aquariuses are either like super focused and super driven or just like a hippie vagabond, you know, and I, I so I just think I embody both. You know, there's a, a, a huge part of my soul that is just I, I want to get out in the world. If it's out there, I want to see it, especially when I think about, you know, poor ice caps melting and you know, like, uh, you know, scuba diving. I've never scuba dived, but I'm like, I got to scuba dive because, you know, all of the pearls getting bleached out and it'll like never be there again. And so um, I don't really operate on life out of FOMO. Um, that would definitely be more of Galen. Um, but I, I, I want to operate my life more out of a state of wonder and awe. And I love trying to find the wonder in everyday moments. And then also... Um, just saying hell yes to life, you know? So just in February, I, well, in January, I listened to a podcast and it was a group of Navy SEALs talking about um, trying to create money research and funding for veteran suicide. And the way they were going to do it was through the studying physicality of how you take somebody when they're really, really low and build back up their physicality so that they can think clearly, feel better, have better confidence and start, you know, really engaging in their life. And so they said, the way we're going to do this is by an experiment of getting these veterans to train for seven marathons on seven continents in seven days. And then their bodies will be so broken down and thrashed that we'll be able to get all their biomarkers at the beginning, at the end, and then work um, all of these you know, strategies to get the body back and be able to manualize that and, and bring that research to the military and first responders and and, you know, just even young men and women. And I hear this, this story and I'm thinking, damn, like that is a big vision. I mean, just finding the aircraft that you can fly to seven continents in seven days took nine months and well over a million bucks, right? And I'm going, okay, I think too small. And when they said that they were selling VIP seats on the aircraft to fund the charity mission, I said, I got to do this. I'm in. And, and it seems to me that like a percentage of people I meet are like, hell yes, that sounds amazing. And a large percent look at me so confused. Like, why would you want to do that? Why would you want to spend 80 hours on an airplane? Why would you want to get to Antarctica to only get out of the plane and six or eight hours later, get back in the plane and fly another 10 hours to, you know, Australia and so on and so forth. So, um, I think the part of my spirit is that I just, I want to say hell yes to things and I, I want to experience extraordinary and if it's possible, why not do it? Um, at the same time, I'm a realist and my husband's a dreamer. So his, his philosophy is, well, if there's a private jet to be had, then why not have it? And if there's like a seven star, then why not have it? And I, I don't think that way. I think like, you know, okay, how do I create financial security? I need X dollars in the bank. Okay, I'm going to go get that. All right, I've done that. How do we expand our lifestyle to create more community and rad experiences for people? Okay, we upgrade this kind of boat. Okay, boom, go do it. Okay, you know, like that. that's kind of the way I think. I, it's, 
I don't know, maybe I take on too much pressure as an achiever, Darius, to think so big that I'm like, crap, now I've got to go do it. Um, but in terms of moving to Spain, I've always wanted to live abroad. One of the, re one of the regrets of dropping out of college was I would have studied abroad. And um, Isaac actually gave me an assignment to do a personal offsite. I was feeling pretty burnt and crispy, pretty overwhelmed. Life was getting busy. You know, I had grown the business a lot, but I also had two young girls. You had a nanny full time. We woke up one day and you're like, gosh, I think I have four or five cars, two houses. Like this is madness. It's, it's just too much it's stuff, stuff, stuff. And so um, I did an offsite and I spent two days journaling and answering prompts like, where do you find joy and what? You know, if you if you had no obligations, responsibilities, what would you do with your life? And answering those deep existential questions just got me to say, I want to live abroad. Like now, why not now? You know, my daughter's nine, she's halfway through. And so it was February of 2019 that I said, I'm doing that. And then I looked through my whole life and my business and said, okay, what do I need to prepare over the next 11 months to get my team dialed in, to be able to work remote, to you know, empower leaders. And it was a really good exercise and gave me a huge jolt of energy to create and grow in that next way. And then of course, everyone worked remote. We got, we got there in January of 2020 and within two months, the whole world was remote. Uh, oh, wow. So you got there. I, so you did it right before COVID. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We were there. Oh, I thought it was during you left. I didn't realize it was before. Yeah, we were there. We were going to go for like six months initially, test it out. We'd taken our first ski trip to Italy. And, uh, you know, whatever that was, mid-February, late February, ski week. And that's when COVID broke out in Italy. And we were there. And then we fly back to Spain and everybody's like, oh, you were just in Italy? I mean, people looked at us like we were aliens. And nobody knew what COVID was. And... Um, yeah, we were locked in our apartment then for like six weeks straight. We couldn't even go outside for a walk. We couldn't even go in the parking garage. Uh, it was, it was intense, but we had that moment of truth of like, do we want to go back and go home or do we want to stick it out here? And, and I was like, we got to stick it out here. Like we're here. We did all this prep to be here. Like, let's just hunker down. And it turned out to be a huge blessing for us because we had no expectations we had no no one to compare it to. Everyone in Spain just followed the rules. And we had been there with the intention of having really solid quality time. We had no parents to help us. We had no nannies to help us. We had one car. And, um, you know, because that was our intention, like we just leaned into it, which is I know if I was home, I would have been resisting and fighting and, you know, going, but why are they outside and I'm not? What are the rules? And am I breaking the rules? You know, so... It ended up being really cool. We, we ended up staying in Spain a total of three years after that point um, because we just, we didn't, we kind of got gypped on the experience with COVID. So every year we're like, ah, another school year, ah, another school year. Yeah, I just realized. So, so you're going to laugh at this. Um, so I, this is really funny. So I was supposed to move to Spain March, or I was supposed to move there summer. Uh, well, I don't know if it was going to be summer. We went to, we were supposed to go March of 2020 to go look at schools and houses in like, we were looking in like, you know, Valencia and Seville and, and then COVID hit and I didn't go. And then I, and then I met you like, you know, probably 18 months later. And, and I was like, gosh, I'm such a loser. Shayla didn't care that there was COVID and she went after the <laughs> fact. So <laughs> I was like making, I was totally comparing myself to you. I was like, she totally had the balls to do it. And I didn't. And, oh man, I should be more like Shayla. So now, I mean, I mean, I should be more like every like you in a lot of ways. But, um, but, and I, mean, I know comparisons the thief of joy. But, but I seriously, that was the story I told myself. I was like, I was like, oh my god, they're such badasses, and me and my wife totally wimped out, and we didn't do it because, like, you know, the whole world blew up right then, and we were, and we were just exploring. We were like, we were trying to plan. We were going to go do South America for the summer. I was taking the whole year off, and then I was going to go and move there in the fall for school. Um, 
So, all right, I don't feel like such a loser anymore. You were that you you didn't know you you didn't know yeah, what was about to happen <laughs> because it does take a lot of prep. You know, I mean, if you do it right, and we got a visa, we got a non-lucrative visa, and um, and that's a pain in the neck to to figure out dealing with San Francisco and the Spanish consulate and dealing with it there. So, like, to, I don't even know what that would have looked like to move during COVID. Although, I don't think people were checking much. I don't. So who knows? But I I think you made the right decision and um yeah we would not have had the guts to do that like are you kidding like we're out of here yeah i swear i was like i can't believe she did it i'm like i i i, I mean it killed my it killed the trip i had to cancel it and all this stuff so okay so i got an adventure i'm gonna throw your way and see if you if you're if you're interested uh, have you been to necker island with Bre to see richard no, but before? i'd love to do you want to go with me uh, with Galen and me? And I'm going to try to get my wife to go in January. I got invited by a friend today and I think I can get people, I can get folks. Yeah, to come. I'd love to. I really, really would. You know what? You know yeah. why is because I think um, I sense that Richard Branson um, manifests his success through joy. And uh, that's something that I've always been moving towards in my life, you know, because my earlier beliefs, my old story is that my value is in my performance and I'm only good as my current performance and being an achiever, that's a heavy cross to bear that I always need to be productive. And, you know, and I don't know, all of you can relate, but like, it's a weekend and I've got to have a to-do list and it's the afternoon and I got to have a to-do list and it's, I'm doing self-care, but it's on a timer. Like, okay, now I'm going to do this. <laughs> so I get the sense that, you know, he's achieved massive big things, but through, um, through joy, through what's possible, through ease. Um, not that life is always easy, but I think that a lot of times I've made my success harder than it needs to be because I've believed in these limiting beliefs that it has to be hard. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm 100% with you. I, I, I'm a person that tries to not expect like, like my, like things to happen, but at the same time, I'm trying to be better about that. Cause I think that when, when you're doing, when you're in the right place, doing the right things at the right time, like it does come easily. It's like, it does come with ease. And, and I think the goal is trying to find out where does that bliss spot happen? So, okay. Cause I'm going to, so I'm going to reach out. I'm going to talk to my wife tonight when she gets home. She doesn't know this, but, but I, but it's January 14th, I think to the 20th, 2024. So if she's in, I'm going to go either way, but if she's in, then I'm going to hit you up and see about you and Galen coming. Is that cool? Yeah, uh, we'll look at it seriously, for real. Um, I, you know, this is just evidence of meeting cool people, cool opportunities happen. And also, like, maybe I've created this brand in your mind of like, Shayla does crazy cool shit. Like, her and Galen are like, they go for it in life. They go to the surf ranch and they do these things and blah, 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 blah. Well, guess what? Now you get pitched more cool stuff, <laughs> but you got to like get out in the world and do those things and be around those people for them to go, oh, you're one of us. Like, let's do it. So this yeah. is evidence that I haven't always been that. I mean, I didn't see the ocean until I was 12. My whole family lives in Reno, Nevada. Like literally, I've got tons of aunts and uncles and everyone's here. And it took me with a lot of courage going, I'm going to go live abroad. It, I mean, it was probably one of the hardest things I've ever done because I didn't realize, Darius, how much I um, worried about the judgment of others and me being an achiever and and wanting to provide value for people because I'm present and I'm coaching and I'm here to say I'm going and worry that people would think I'm abandoning them and that I wasn't valuable anymore and that they would all leave me. Um, I mean, there was huge stuff for me to overcome to do that. But this is really cool that that just happened, that you just invited me to Necker Island because I had the guts to pursue it then. Right. And so I think for everybody listening, there's something that you're considering doing. There's something that you're like, oh, I need to do that thing. Like just do the thing. And I promise you, the more authentically you live into yourself, in the beginning, people start going, gosh, he's really speaking his mind. Like, oh, I thought she was kind of a, she's always been kind of a pleaser and doesn't ruffle feathers. And now she's actually speaking from her heart and she's doing these things that people can't understand. Um, and then all of a sudden they go, you know what? She's killing it. 
he's killing it. Like that's, that's how it goes from the outside perspective. And, yeah. but you've got to go through all that messy middle and just go for it. And then all of a sudden you get people going, Oh no, that person's living on a different level or chasing a different life and we're fully supporting it. And then they're telling stories about you. Yeah. I love that. By the way, I was, before I asked, uh, this just happened this afternoon and, 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 and I reached out to my CEO groups and, and, and like invited 20, like 20 people and none of them said yes. And I was like, this is a pretty cool invite. However, nobody said, and I know none of them have gone. And then, and so then you're talking, I'm like, God, this is so on brand for you. But I swear to God, before I asked, I'm like, God, I hope she hasn't gone already. I swear <laughs> to God, I thought that. Cause uh, so you're right. I was, I was literally like, I hope she hasn't gone already because then she'll say yes. Um, <laughs> so there you go. You're, you're exactly right. Um, that, that, and, and I was like, eh, maybe I'll go, maybe I won't. I've been invited a bunch of times, but it was always, this is like the fourth or fifth time I've been invited, but it's always like crazy expensive. And this one just happens to be like pretty reasonable, um, for, I mean, it's not, it's still expensive, but reasonable for that. Um, and so I was like, yeah, this seems kind of cool. Like, and it's like not stupid expensive. Um, and so, yeah, I will, we'll take it offline, but I want to, I know I want to respect your time. I know it's Friday afternoon and you got kids and stuff going on. Um, I have two things for you. I didn't tell you, but we always ask a greatness question at the end of the show. So I'm going to ask that in a second, but before we go there, I want to know what's like your, besides maybe coming to Necker Island with me, with me, what is your next big adventure you are thinking about doing? Well, we are um, actively pursuing uh, schools that we're interested in. And uh, I won't give away any details, but um, you know, we, we want extraordinary for a school experience for our girls. And now that we've done international school and we've done forest school and we've done Waldorf school and we've done public school, um, you know, we've just got a sense. And so kind of we're on that hunt now and um and there's some exciting stuff in the works that that we're up to so i'll keep you posted do you want to okay well it there's a so if you either a would consider moving to austin or b want to learn about a school in austin that basically took just took two of my friends kids to nepal on a backpacking trip as part of their school like we should I, talk I, like i do the... actually darius because our buddies are building a surf ranch in austin and I don't know if I've sent you pictures from when we go to Surf Ranch, Kelly Slater Surf Ranch in Lemoore, California, but they're going to be building a wave park with 150 houses with Discovery Land Company in Austin. And we're looking to buy a house out there with this rad community of people. So I might be spending a hell of a lot more time in Austin down the road in a few years. So I might need that school. <laughs> Yeah, let's take it off. Let's take it offline. It's a it's a very small school. Two of my closest friends' kids go to it, and they're doing that. Like it's a bunch of inter, like they're doing these like hardcore like traveling things and pushing the kids. And it's right up your alley. And the and the people, he, they're like Darius. You got to put your kids in it. And I'm like, look, man, like you, uh, my kids have been in a lot of schools, and I'm like, and my oldest son's finally settled into like a, a great performing arts magnet school, and I'm like, I'm not moving him. Like he's happy. I'm done. My younger ones, like we'll see, but. But uh, yeah, we'll take that offline. So, all right. I can't wait to learn more about this. So listen, um, I, I, we could probably be on here for like two hours. But like, so I, I don't want to, I want to respect your time. Um, and I want to talk offline about some of this fun stuff. Um, but before we go there, we always like to ask the greatness question of all of our guests. And so I'm going to ask it of you as well. And it goes like this. What is the number one barrier to creating greatness that you overcome in your life? And how did you overcome it? I'll repeat it one more time. What is the number one barrier to creating greatness that you have overcome in your life? And how did you overcome it? I'm constantly overcoming it. I don't know if there's ever a situation where you've arrived or you've gained a certificate and saying, oh, that, that was the old me. But I would definitely say it's worthiness. I think confidence is a belief um, and it's a feeling. And it's a belief that things are going to work out well for me. And that I can handle this. Um, and it's a feeling of I am capable, I am worthy of this thing, and I'm willing to do the work. And so the biggest part of that generally is the worthiness. Am I worthy of this opportunity? Am I worthy to go to Necker Island? Like, who am I? And I think that comes up all the time for all of us when we are going to go for greatness. Greatness as a mother, greatness in our 
PTA meetings, greatness in business, greatness chasing new opportunities. And um, so, yeah, that that is something that I work with all the time. The way I've overcome worthiness is generally that I will outwork anybody, that I will win through my hustle, and that I will study and learn and, you know, be relentless until I'm the best that there is. Um, but where I'm trying to get to now is just a place of we're all worthy. We're all you know, created in divine perfection. And there's a limitless opportunity for every one of us to be and do who we are uniquely in our own way. And I think that just really embracing the fact that people love authenticity, people love you being you and the biggest version of you, it feels scary to do that way because we think that we need to somehow survive in a tribe by conforming. But we all know because we see it in others that those that are going out there and authentically being themselves, being bigger and a bolder version of themselves are the ones we want to be around, that we're interested by, that we're intrigued with. So you're worthy just being you. And that's what I continually work with so that I can have that confidence to chase the next thing of greatness. I love it. And what I just heard you say is you're just playing the infinite game, baby you know, the infinite game of worthiness. And, 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 and that's why I like being around you. So I appreciate you saying that and, um, and what great words of wisdom. So, um, so anyone that wants to connect with you either inside or outside the industry, and I'm gonna tell you this, whether you're inside or out the, outside the mortgage industry, you should connect with Shayla on social or however she wants the people to connect with her. Cause you're just like, a, like a shining light of positivity and awesomeness. And, uh, it's fun to watch you do your, do your thing. Um, it really is inspirational. So how can people connect with you if they want to learn more about the stuff you're working on to you doing crazy shit, flying all around the world, on uh, seven day treks to the Antarctica or whatever's next at surf ranch. I'd love, or maybe our trip to Necker that may or may not happen. Uh, yeah. Tell, tell, tell the audience how they can learn more about Shayla Gifford. Yeah. I spend most of my time on Instagram. So my, my handle is at Shay S H A Y GIF G I F F or you can search just Shayla Gifford. Um, and then I've also got that Facebook group that I'm putting a lot of content interviews and things into now. Um, and I think you could search it up on Facebook, just coaching with Shayla. Um, I think that most things are applicable to every industry. Um, although I'm always talking to loan officers and, and mortgage professionals in that group. So you'll have to decide if it's for you. Uh, but Darius, thank you so much for having me on here. I've, I've been waiting. I was like, do we really have to wait till April? So I'm glad it's finally here and we got to do it. Definitely. Sheila, so much gratitude. Appreciate you so much. So glad to have met you and to got to work with you and to continue to get to know you. And um, thank you so much for sharing all your wisdom and knowledge with our audience I'm today. I'm so grateful for you too, Darius. Thank you for having me. Guys, um, with that said, share this with everyone that needs to hear it because Shayla is just such a freaking badass and everyone needs to hear all her awesomeness. And I just loved everything about this episode. And I think that this is something that, you know, as a leader, we're givers and sharers and we need to share this type of message with all of those that we love and care about. Until next time, peace out, everybody. We love you. You are listening to The Greatness Machine and that's a wrap for today. Listen. If you love what you heard, subscribe to the show on whatever podcast platform that you're tuning in on so that you don't miss any of our future episodes. We have tons of great people coming on and we're, we're stoked to have you here to enjoy it with us. Leave us a review. Tell us what you love most about this particular episode. We love getting the reviews. We love to see what you guys love most. And if this particular episode you know, made you think of someone who's leveling up in their business and in their life, print screen, share it with them. Leaders are the best givers. And after all, we're all here to support and grow with each other. And in case you want to see some of the fun behind the scenes shots or some of the things that we're doing, I'm actually writing about this in my weekly newsletter. Go to www.therealdarius.com and subscribe to my newsletter. We're talking about fun things like business and life and mindfulness and cryptocurrencies and gosh, I don't even know everything and anything, but it's tons of fun stuff I write about. I try to get it out on a weekly basis. You can subscribe at www.therealdarius.com. And with that said, look, thank you guys so much. I appreciate you. I love you. Peace. We're out of here. See you guys on the next one. Uh-huh. 
This episode is brought to you by the Yap Media Podcast Network. I'm Hala Taha, CEO of the award-winning digital media empire, Yap Media, and host of Yap Young and Profiting Podcast, a number one entrepreneurship and self-improvement podcast where you can listen, learn, and profit. On Young and Profiting Podcast, I interview the brightest minds in the world, and I turn their wisdom into actionable advice that you can use in your daily life. Each week, we dive into a new topic like the art of side hustles, how to level up your influence and persuasion, and goal setting. I interview A-list guests on Young and Profiting. I've got the best guests, like the world's number one negotiation expert, Chris Voss, Shark, Damon John, serial entrepreneurs, Alex and Layla Hermosi, and even movie stars like Matthew McConaughey. There's absolutely no fluff on my podcast, and that's on purpose. Every episode is jam-packed with advice that's gonna push your life forward. I do my research, I get straight to the point, and I take things really seriously, which is why I'm known as the podcast princess and how I became one of the top podcasters in the world in less than five years. Young and Profiting Podcast is for all ages. Don't let the name fool you. It's an advanced show. As long as you wanna learn and level up, you will be forever young. So join Podcast Royalty and subscribe to Young and Profiting Podcast or Yap, like it's often called by my Yap fam on Apple, Spotify, CastBox, or wherever you listen to your podcasts.